0: Welcome, welcome everyone again to another episode of Agency Life. This time on the road, I am live from Boston, Massachusetts. I I won't attempt the Boston accent too much. (laughs) And um, this is podcasting on the road. Today, I'm absolutely thrilled to have Amanda from New Breed on the line with me here and on video too, because, you know, we're so profet. Welcome, Amanda. How are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here and talking to you and our agency life.
0: I know, right? Women of Inbound, I said, I, said, I, I think everyone knows in the beginning of the podcast, I, was, I had an awful lot of men just uh, <laughs> as it started, but I think I'm getting that balance right, which is really yeah. good. So you're, you're responsible for lead, demand, generation, partnerships um, in Newbreed. Tell us a little bit about your role in Newbreed and, and we'll uncover some stories there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so my primary role at New Breed is to contribute to the internal marketing team and um, manage our strategic partnerships. So I don't do any client-facing work. Um, I do the marketing for the marketing firm, Yeah, um, which is a little bit redundant, but uh, we help B2B SaaS companies primarily. So um, most of the marketing content that I create is based on um, targeting Ask marketers and just b2b marketers in general right for the strategic partnership component so we are a hubspot partner yeah uh, and that's definitely like our strongest and longest standing strategic partnership
0: yeah you're one of the first agencies i think that came on board and in the beginning yeah you've a really long relationship with them
1: yeah, definitely. Um, so we've been in the HubSpot ecosystem for a long time. We use HubSpot on our own and um we actually sell it to our clients and service it for them as well. Yeah. And some other software that we work with um is Insight Squared. Recently, okay. We've and on Vidyard um as a strategic partner with a co-sell relationship. So we're servicing Vidyard for our clients, we're using it ourselves, um, and then Most recently, as of, I think, January, we took on Drift.
0: Yes, cool, yeah.
1: Um, They're a wonderful company to work with, just, like, really cool people, but also the software is amazing, and um, we're seeing a lot of success with it, and we're still kind of standing it up on our own. And um, starting to service it for our clients as well.
0: Right, that that's really interesting. I mean, I think we're all very well um, versed on the HubSpot partner uh, community, the um, the support that HubSpot has given us. But those two new players, I'm yeah, I've been keeping an eye on Vidyard and Drift. And um, maybe you just tell some of the agencies that are out there that have heard of Vidyard or Drift. Either we can pick one, for example, and they're kind of thinking, oh, how would I actually blend that in? What sort of ideas do you? Guys Guys have uh, for for anyone that's sort of looking at them but thinking how do where do I start
1: yeah I mean honestly the way that we kind of um evaluate any strategic partnerships is to really like test out the software and the strategy on ourselves yeah Um, so being on the internal marketing team like we kind of use our initiatives as like guinea pigs to translate to client services great Um, yeah you know, with Vidyard, we first were, you know, starting to create video content on our own, like, before we even thought of purchasing any software, and we were, you know, dipping our toes in the water, figuring out what worked, what didn't work, and um, starting to figure out how to turn into, like, a lead generation tool, because at that point, we just had YouTube, and we were posting a little bit on social media, mm-hmm. um, and Vidyard was actually a client of ours, so we had uh, a right. relationship they weren't an active client anymore so we kind of knew of them like we knew what their software did um and then from there we got in talks about you know maybe forming some type of co-sell or resell relationship and um they actually allowed us to access their software in like a trial version and we started playing around with translating our existing video content yeah software um, and kind of just playing around and seeing what best practices we could come up with. Nice. Um, from there we decided like, yeah, this is a really cool tool. Um, we could definitely use this internally. And our kind of philosophy is like, if new breed can use it, like, so can our client base because mm-hmm. um, though we're, you know, a marketing agency, we, we market like how we help our clients market. So we Correct. kind of do marketing like a, like a SaaS company would, Um, and another really cool thing that we were doing is they have this free, uh, Google Chrome extension. It's called go video where you can, um, video chats with like, just like a simple link to prospects and our sales team was using that for um, prospecting and outreach and they were getting feedback from prospects like, oh my God, what is this really cool tool you're using? They were like more interested in the software than they were in like what our BDRs had to say. Right. It was kind of a sign to us like, wow, okay, this is definitely something that our prospects would find value in. They're really interested in it. And so that was kind of like a final push to move forward with solidifying that partnership.
0: Fantastic! Exactly the same thing. Like using the tool, I, I totally agree with that. Agency out there going, you know what? We we should use it ourselves. Even for uh, what I sort of per, um, tell people is: start internally, start sharing videos around, get comfortable with the screen, then start. Instead of sending an email to somebody, you can. It, it might be a client to describe what what's coming up. It could be the monthly report, or it could be something. Start internally, start with your clients and then start on the prospect trail. And um what kind of packages then? So if a client goes, hey, can you help me with that? How how's the what, what does that look like when you when you actually help a client?
1: Yeah, so we actually just transitioned um the structure of our service offering um from, you know, like Separate retainer services to like one bundled demand generation package. And so it's kind of like a choose your own adventure type of thing. Yeah, that is not really limited. It's really based on like what the client needs at that time and, um, and like what we diagnosed Um, like their challenges to be in the right Right. positions because a lot of times clients when they're going online they're shopping for different marketing and sales solutions there's a lot of jargon on the internet and
0: no way really
1: (laughs) sometimes um, people will come to us and thinking that they need This one solution, but then we'll kind of talk through their challenges a little bit more in depth and really identify that it's actually something else or maybe something needs to be added on to that solution to be truly effective for um, what they want to accomplish. So that's the type of service model we've been working with. So, um, Basically, they can bundle the Vidyard software and different video marketing services and consultation or tactical implementation um, into a bunch of other services. So, if they want to do email marketing campaigns with us and they want to include video in that, we can do you know a combination of the two. And it's not this like separate thing because we really believe that you know an effective inbound marketing and sales strategy is truly integrated. And, yes. Um, yeah. So it's really like based on what the customer needs. Um, and-
0: That's fantastic to hear. And I, I, I think you, you've also experienced the transition of um, when people, sometimes clients kind of act like they know what you have on your website. You mentioned jargon and um, we're all so so used to the, the industry and we kind of say things all the time. Um, and, and, if what can happen then is they you think they know what you're talking about so are are you seeing a, a trend back towards the simpler type of uh, services um and some basic English uh, along with that too
1: yeah definitely um you know that's the the worst thing that can happen is you think you're on the same page with the prospect or a customer and you know things get done and you know you take actions and you deliver something and it's like they that's not what they wanted and you know it's ultimately the responsibility of um the account owner to make sure that everyone's on the same page and you know when you're a single marketer maybe working with a marketing firm you don't always want to speak up and be like wait uh, i actually don't understand what you're saying or like could you clarify or i'm not familiar with that acronym yeah (laughs) that's one of the worst marketers love acronyms and sometimes it can be intimidating you want to be like uh what does that mean (laughs) and you know dumb but um, it's really important for account owners to foster a relationship where they can, the client can speak up and ask those questions and not feel like they're going to be judged or look dumb.
0: Yeah. And, and in a group situation as well, especially if you're in the, in the beginning of a relationship with a new client and you have all different levels in the room and all different ages. So you might from the managing, um, from the marketing director right through to maybe there's the intern who's just working there for the summer or something's happening. You've all these different ages and all these different experiences in the room. And sometimes the senior person, uh, you know, with the biggest title just doesn't want to ask in front of everyone what's that mean that you know there's so much dynamics to to play there that we kind of think of one of the things that I've been encouraging agencies to do as you know we, we presume that everyone's at the same speed they're not right you know we've already used things like Vidyard and Drift presuming that everyone knows it. I've just done it we've just done it ourselves you know Drift being the chatbot service Vidyard being the yeah. video service we've done it ourselves like yeah. we're, we're we're great. Here we are, you know, but, but we presume the market, at the consumers have caught up and they haven't. Some of them are still trying to figure out what type of website they need um, and should they even have one. Uh, so I think the importance of bringing it down to basics and reminding ourselves uh, i always say pretend granny's in the room as well <laughs> because granny's going to ask the question going what are you talking about <laughs> you know so would granny understand if you're in the room and also um, about recording these meetings even if they're a physical meeting just hitting the record button so that people who were afraid to ask a question in the room can go back to the recording in in at another time and and kind of go oh i missed that or that wasn't in my notes i think is a really important thing to do
1: yeah absolutely that's a really great tactic is i by myself going back and (laughs) looking through all my meetings um and zoom is really handy and actually stores pretty you can have it set so that everything gets recorded and you don't have to like um store it on your computer it's all in the cloud and you can go back and search and take notes or repeat something back to yourself and yeah um, i find that really helpful Um, another thing is like just always if you're especially with a client discussing, um, some type of like technical or troubleshooting issue, like following up with, um, not just, you know, your verbal communication, but like, here's some articles and some resources that you might find helpful and so-and-so and and just, um, providing them with as much enablement as possible is really
0: Absolutely, I, I totally agree. And and just there with Drift and uh, the chatbot service, you know that well, conversational marketing or chatbot is is kind of where they've started. Um, I I think again you've you've made a play on those two things. Like if I was to put my bets down on what's going to be big, it's definitely that area. Um, I was lucky enough to see David uh, Dave Gerhardt speak yeah. at TNC this year. Um, were you there when you or did you I wasn't see the talk? There. Yeah,
1: it was awesome. I had right,
0: seen- yeah. <laughs> they they put up on screen a, a test that they've been running, which is a chatbot as an actual website.
1: Yes, the conversational like landing pages. I know. It's crazy. <laughs>
0: right? What world are we living in? But that that again, you know, is that a bit Jetsons? Is it a bit too much in the future? It could be, but it could also be an excellent microsite for a particular well-established company that just wants to launch or pre-launch or has a product or has a microsite it's a sidebar so i think you've made a great play on drift there so um maybe you just again talk about how using the tool and and how that comes about some examples for agencies out there and where would they get started
1: yeah for sure i mean yeah i can't talk enough about drift um they're doing an amazing job from, you know, pushing the boundaries with something as, you know, new as a full conversational, like, website landing page. Right. Um, Never been done before. They're doing a really great job of actually creating a community around their brand um, with their podcast series and um, different pieces of content there. Yeah. Um, So that was actually, like, what originally drew me to Drift as a as a company, I wasn't as familiar with their software as I was with their brand, And I was like, these people are awesome. And they know what they're doing. Like, we got to check them out. And um, from there, we started getting in talks with their strategic partnership team and learning more about the software and getting demos and so on. Um, And then once we finally sealed the deal with the software, we started going to work. Um, we had a little bit of experience building a chatbot within the HubSpot marketing hub, um, but it was pretty lightweight. HubSpot is definitely like a jack of all trades platform. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we had kind of started there with conversational marketing, but we were at the point where we were like, okay, like we want to invest more time and energy into this. Like we need to get something more robust um, and drifts like, purpose is conversational marketing rather than that being a feature of many different tools. So we were like, okay, um, let's get to work doing this. And, uh, we transitioned our chat bot, which is affectionately named Demanda after <laughs> the <laughs> demand generation. Interesting, right, like,
0: interesting. What a coincidence. <laughs> <that> a- <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and so we started transferring like all our playbooks into the drift tool and um, the CSM team there was like really awesome at setting us up and we actually went down and did an onboarding in person. Yeah. We were showered with swag gifts and got to meet everyone on the team, got to meet Um, Dave Gerhardt, Dave Cancel and everyone, which was really cool. Um, And so they kind of walked us through like setting up our first bot um, with Sarah Pion, who is awesome. She's like bot queen. Um, And (laughs) it it honestly was, it was actually on Valentine's Day, which was kind of funny too. Yeah, it was was like a cheeky day and we just had a lot of fun. And um, that was how we kicked off our relationship, which was Unlike <laughs> most software partnerships start off, right? You're kind of like on your own and you're right. like messaging back and forth, like trying to set zoom meetings and stuff, um, to try and, you know, get things stood up. But yep. having our kickoff in person was like really awesome. And we were able to get on the ground running like very quickly compared to normal. Um, and then from there, we knew that we had a bunch of clients who were already using drift. And so, right from there we were like, okay, like we have an opportunity in our client base to start, um, servicing drift. And we had people who were interested in drift interacting with our drift bot and saying, what tool is this, um, who are prospects. And so that kind of just like snowballed into this, um, like effect where we were finding all different ways to incorporate drift into our current marketing strategy, into our clients, marketing strategies. And, um, selling into our prospect base
0: phenomenal I think this is a really good insight for agencies to think about it's beyond the the box in the corner it's well moved beyond that now asking one or two questions what are the types of things that you're helping clients in transitioning moving out of that box in the corner
1: yeah um so you can get like wildly complex with the types of playbooks that you use and um Drift is equipped with like a really amazing um, data enrichment tool that they power through Clearbit. So you can have anonymous visitors on your site and the Clearbit component of Drift can identify what marketing automation they use, like what industry they're in, all these different data points um, before they even become a known contact in your CRM, which is wow. And so one thing that we've been doing, we're actually working on a bot right now that, Really like acknowledges how sophisticated the tools, and it'll greet the prospect and say, "Hey, like looks like you're on HubSpot, am I right?" And we have some like <laughs> answers. It's like okay, like this is really creepy. Like, yeah. um, <laughs> is one and then the other one is like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm like, "How did you know that?" And then the other one is like, "No, you're wrong." And um, which probably shouldn't happen I don't know it's not live yet so we haven't gotten that one yet as a response but just in case for some reason um but yeah and just being like really cheeky and being like well we're using this really cool drift you're actually interacting with it right now and you know it knows all these things about you because that like do you want to have something like this for your site visitors like do you want to engage with them like that right and it's really like it's kind of funny because the bot is like self-aware yes and it's clever and it's conversational, which is like the whole point of all of it. I'm literally like sitting there typing like how I message people on Twitter and like having these funny little responses with emojis and all that. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's amazing to be able to give our website personality because
0: yeah.
1: um, a form <laughs> that's like name,
0: email, industry. Yeah. Like no. That. Yeah.
1: That is not we've, fun.
0: <laughs> we've, moved. That. we've moved past that exactly and yeah. to remind people as well it's like it's not just the one bot you can have many different ones for the different sections of a company website so it could be on customer service or frequently asked questions so th- this is huge opportunity for agencies to get into that field Um, I think reach out to Drift if, if you're an agency going mm, where do I start well actually there's probably two big events I don't know if London has just happened or is about oh. to Happen. I think I've missed it because I'm over here, yeah. and then there's coming
1: another.
0: Yeah, it's, and there's another one coming up in September. So if anyone's thinking about, you know, where what are they going to be talking about with their clients next year? the year beyond, it's to get into that field as well. Um, it is a really good thing to do. So uh, thanks for sharing those. Uh, uh, that's, that's a really great to know uh, from the other side, because uh, I've been watching them from this side. I, haven't, haven't, I know a couple of people that work in there, but I, I didn't know that about their, the way they have evolved, which is incredible. Um, so another thing that you guys have really figured out, which I, I know is something that I constantly talk to agencies about is, the importance of customer retention and and the upselling. So you, we all know how hard it is to get a client in and this is something you guys have figured out. What are the things that you're doing that in new breeds that you feel are really strong when it comes to keeping and upselling? How, how do you figure that one out?
1: Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll kind of start from the bottom up um, all the way in, I guess, before they even close as a customer, having a really strong idea of your ideal customer and making sure that that exact persona is the type of customer that's going to find long-term value in your service that is going to have the ability and desire to be upsold um, and can add on more and more. Mm -hmm. And I guess establish like a, a long-term relationship with you and not just a one-off service, right? Like we don't want to necessarily acquire a customer that is just going to buy a website from us and then never talk to us again. Yeah. Um, we'd Rather sell to someone who will have us build their website and create content for it and do SEO and paid for it and all these different things because at the end of the day, they're going to get a lot more out of it that way and we're going to get a lot more out of it because if we build them this brand new site and, you know, they don't know the first thing about how to optimize it or consistently update it and make it better and better over time because it's not something that should ever be stagnant, right? Yeah. Um, then it's, it's hurting both of us. So with that said, um, having like a really strong criteria for our best fit customers and making sure that we avoid churn before they even close is one method. Um, and then moving on to like, once they become a customer, obviously, um, you know, maintaining healthy client relationships. Yeah. Is, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but one thing that we've found really successful for promoting retention is um, just making sure that we have a dedicated CSM that nice. is frequently meeting um, yeah. like with all of our accounts and making sure that it's not just on the shoulders of the account executive and the people doing the tactical and strategic implementation, but we actually have somebody a rung higher making sure that wow. everything is going well because- you know, you have your account strategist working day in and day out for you. And if something isn't quite right, it might feel uncomfortable to speak up and say, you know, like, this isn't right, like, this isn't going as planned, because you're interacting with that person every single day. And, you know, they're doing a lot for you by having that CSM as an additional resource for them to go to. Yeah. um, that can really help avoid like any contention in the relationship.
0: That's amazing. So that's a new role that I have seen come out in HubSpot. Uh, it's customer success manager. Um, right, um, am I right? Just, yeah. just so we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, their 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 actual role is the success of the, cu- the customer. Are they, uh, do they have people management? So are they managing the people in the business or is it purely the success of the customer?
1: It's a little bit of both. Right.
0: Um, Yeah. Like a team leader type role, but very much 70% would be looking after the team, making sure they're, and 30% looking after the clients, that point of escalation or.
1: And then, hmm. you know, the additional component actually that we add onto it too is um, monitoring upsells, right? So. Mm,
0: Interesting.
1: Are so in the loop with everything that's happening in each account um, that they're like I guess, tertiary focus besides ensuring um, success for both our account team and the client is making sure that, you know, you're identifying opportunities to upsell and, um, I guess, increase the customer's lifetime value, because that's one thing that really gets overlooked. And some people how we originally had it was our account teams were not only responsible for the consulting and the implementation of the strategy and the tactics so they were doing all this work um, they're also responsible for identifying upsell opportunities and trying to close deals on top of it and you know that's a lot when you're doing work and then you're trying to book revenue um on top of that so one thing that the CSM does is alleviates that responsibility so that our account teams can focus on delivering and then the CSM is at a higher level kind of from an outside perspective. and can kind of do the consultation and have those sales conversations to help the client identify um, any upsell opportunities that would benefit them.
0: Amazing. Cause that is, that is figuring out a big problem as well. When, if we look at the sales to account management handover, so the sales doing a great job, but they hand over to account management, account management very quickly gets stuck into the job, the role, the consulting, the strategy, for maybe with the strategist figuring it out and it moves at a different cadence. Uh, I hear this over and over again from agencies they're going why can't the account manager sell and it's like because if they could sell they'd be selling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're very good at account management and strategy right. like that's their job sales are a different breed yeah. and we have been trying to figure this out with some of the agencies that I work with about okay well do we bring sales back in? But then sometimes that can kind of mess up the dynamic. I love this idea of the CSM, customer success manager, being the person. Do the, does sales hand over to them? Are they included in that handover in the beginning? So they kind of know.
1: Yeah. So the CSM is included in all the onboarding. So amazing. Right. Enmeshed, I guess, in this one, like, big onboarding they'll do workshops and they'll have um basically we'll lay out like the org chart for yep. their relationship with new breed and um yeah so it's pretty seamless we've gotten it down
0: Jeez, to, great uh,
1: third system at this point and it's the
0: phenomenal and so if we did a breakdown so if i'm i'm sitting in an agency now and i've got so if we did a kind of a, a numbers i'm like how many accounts is an account manager approximately looking after then the, the strategist and then the CSM. What's the kind of break roughly if if that's something yeah.
1: so right now we have I want to say a little over a hundred active accounts and we have different tiers of how yeah. involved they are and how big the projects and retainers are. Um and right now we're at three CSMs. So
0: Okay. I'm yeah
1: math on the spot but um yeah varying account sizes and um levels of responsibility on our right end. so yeah I'd say they're handling I mean their week is basically filled with client meetings
0: yeah
1: so they're handling a fair amount of accounts we also yeah have- so
0: if you broke it down if, if we try and make it you know it's going if there was an agency that had 30 accounts yeah. once one CSM do, do, yeah. I'm, I'm doing a very rough number for people and yeah. then how many strategists are looking after then working along on that team
1: yeah, so the way we have it structured is we'll have um, one or two lead strategists based on um, what type of services we're getting. Yeah. Um, so we have our inbound marketing strategists, and then we have our web strategists, which are kind of two different wheelhouses. And then from there, we have um, just different members of the account team that are maybe not always interacting with the client. Sometimes they might just be um, actually like cranking out the work, and sometimes they're working face-to-face with, well, screen-to-screen with the client. Um yeah working through strategy or maybe interviewing them for content creation and so on. So yeah, but typically one or more lead strategists that are the primary points of right. contact with um, the account and then also the CSM.
0: Perfect. And then approximately, because it's a question I always get asked, um, how many accounts does an account manager manage on average?
1: Yeah, um, it varies definitely yeah. based on our capacity at the time and um certain times of the year, but typically we try and have our strategists managing less than 25 accounts, depending on how big they are. And again, like the the level of complexity of the project or how much bandwidth or how much they've actually purchased from us. So it's
0: yeah, so Yeah, cool. they might have a mixture there of, uh, there wouldn't be 25, like big account, 20 yeah. big accounts. They would be, you know, a couple of big accounts and then medium to small, mm-hmm. varying them like that. Yeah, Just a question I get asked all the time. So it's really keen to know that you guys have figured that out. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah, and, and another thing that I know that you guys have really figured out, and this is a really interesting play that I've seen coming up over and over again the importance of branding when you start to actually work with marketing services like if i think about way back when there was a lot of branding agencies pr agencies that moved over to inbound and were like this is what we do we're inbound now and um, we don't really do the branding or they were like this is the future or a lot of agencies would go we don't do brand we we are and marketing agency, we're an inbound agency, we're a web development agency, branding is over here. Tell us more about uh, uh, what I'm seeing is branding becoming very important for awareness, for trust, for building rapport. Um, So how how have you made that something that's coming back into your marketing services?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, having a brand is like so important. Um, And as you just mentioned, it's really like making a comeback.
0: Yeah, it really has. Yeah.
1: We had this like time period in the last like five years or so with like the emergence of inbound and being like really data driven and, um, all that, I think people really lost sight of branding and its importance. And because we have all these different metrics and like actual numbers that we can focus on, um, we tend to forget about the intangible things like brand. Like there's not really any good way to measure how effective your brand is, um, but that doesn't mean that it's not important. And so one thing that we do while we don't offer any branding services is um, we create content on how to ensure your brand is up to par. And we basically preach on the importance of it um, mm-hmm. while we don't actually do any tactical or strategic brand work right yeah. now. Uh, We make sure that we can always point our clients and prospects in direction of content that's really comprehensive and that can help them really um, understand the importance of brand and how to make sure that their brand is, you know, doing what it's supposed to do and that they're following all the right steps to making sure that it's, um, you know, helping them stay competitive and actually true to their mission and their values because it can be difficult.
0: Yeah, and all the inbound marketing in the world, all the visitors in the world, uh, all, of, all of the activities that we do, if the colors, the logo, the trust, the the wording, the taglines, the consistency across, all of those aspects. I'm not a branding expert. I probably missed out a load of things. But you, you know that feeling you get. Yeah. We have to tap into that again. Um, for agencies that are out there, I don't know if you've ever heard. Like you might be going, "Oh no, not another thing that I have to add on to my suite." No, you don't. Like you, you can partner with somebody who's an expert on branding, but also somebody that I noticed that I think is doing a pretty good job, and you might have seen them too, is Design Pickle. Um, their ex, one of I think he's ex HubSpot agency, if I remember correctly, and they they have this whole f- absolute pop-up on demand, um, branding, graphic designers. So if somebody, you're in your agency and you're like, look, we're not the experts, but let's go and get you right. the best out here to come back to yeah. us as quickly as possible. Because yeah. we all know you don't want to send them away. Yes. <laughs> See you in six months. you know. <laughs> like, no, you yeah, want right. them to quickly and, and to work alongside to go, hey, we can do all of this. We can have the landing page ready. We just need the logo and the brand. So yeah. get to work seamlessly don't walk away from it or don't go you got to figure out your brand
1: yeah absolutely I think that's great and like I feel like a lot of agencies feel like it's like taboo to like outsource
0: mm-hmm. some of
1: their work um, yeah work for their client but there's no reason why anyone should feel uncomfortable doing that because like you said like you know you need to have like one sole purpose like at Breed, we focus on demand generation full funnel marketing and sales um yep. and you know we don't we're not a branding agency and you know we're not trying to be because our bread and butter is doing what we do now yeah. um plus some but branding is not really in our wheelhouse and um, I'd rather outsource an excellent branding agency for our client than try and do it in-house and do a really bad job. Correct.
0: You know, yeah. Or try and learn how to do branding or, yeah. or the expense of hiring a branding expert. Yeah. So um, I think this is, you know, like we've talked about this a number of times on Agency Life. This is the game. The game is change. Like you're going, you know, you, you never heard of Drift last year. Next year you could be it could be 25% of your business. Yeah. You weren't doing branding, but next year it could be you have a great partner that is helping you create beautiful pages to get the results that you need for your client. So Design Pickle is definitely one. I know if I was back in my agency, I'd be looking at them very, you know, I think you can pay by the month kind of service to have a graphic designer on tap and, and it looks like a really a professional outfit. Um, there's no point ignoring those things. Oh you know, they they have to be included.
1: Yeah, you'd be surprised, you know, companies that have been around for 10, 15 years are very well established, like don't really have a great sense of branding. They're like, we have a logo and we have some fonts and we have colors that go on our website, like it's not a brand and you're like, well, no.
0: Yeah, (laughs) no it isn't.
1: It's like, you know, a combination of your mission and your values and really like it boils down to how you make people feel. Because one thing that I say a lot um, is, you know, you could have a competitor that has the exact same product for you, like feature for feature, the exact same. And you know, what's going to set you apart is your brand. So if you Mm -hmm. have the exact same product, but you have a brand that resonates with the prospect and they don't, you're going to win that customer.
0: That's it. That's how you're going to do it. And if an agency is sitting there going, "Oh no, like not another thing," it's like you're one step away from this. You know how to do buyer personas. You do buyer persona workshops. Then you get a list of their prospects and clients, and you research them. You interview them. You know, while this, what do you think of this brand? What do you think of this brand? You're. It's kind of like one section away, and you charge for it. You go and we have to do a buyer persona workshop. We have to interview your prospects and your clients, and we have to do that. So it's one more step that you charge for. You just added into an extension of that buyer persona and research and marketing it's not it's not something like too far away it's just another step that you put the time and and put a price on which is really
1: and you know your company should have a brand so if you're like oh I don't know anything about branding um like look inward you know see what your company is actually doing and figuring out how to translate um some of that advice and those solutions to your client base could definitely go a long way
0: that's fantastic. Yeah, you've um, you've guys have figured out a lot of things in there, which is really good. Cool. New Breed's been around for a long time, actually. How, just um, remind how, how many years is it in total?
1: Yeah, so the company actually um, was started in about two thousand three under totally different management, totally different branding. Right. Patrick Bittescombe, our CEO actually started out working at the original company as an intern. In
0: Never.
1: Oh yeah. <gasps> what
0: a cool story. My yeah. God. And
1: then um, after he graduated, he left the company to work on Wall Street for a little bit and then came back and um, started working in sales, worked his way up to, I guess, I guess it would be sales director. And then I think in 2014 actually bought the company. <laughs> totally, yeah. Right. Like, Literally to ceo
0: that um, is phenomenal story
1: <laughs> and previously it was uh just a traditional marketing agency no inbound no hubspot none of that um all the branding was like totally different and he totally revamped it and partnered with hubspot very early on and that yep. was really what kind of set the tone for the rest of new Breed's trajectory that was such a smart move um he really got in with the HubSpot ecosystem, and now we're a diamond tier partner. So
0: incredible. And how many people work in the company today?
1: We're just a little bit below 60. We just had like 15 new people start on Monday, so we're growing really. fast. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I was like, Who are these
0: people? Oh my goodness, that's like a whole quarter of the company walking yeah. in. Again. Good l- oh my goodness, 15! Yeah. Wow, that's that. Uh, congratulations, that's fantastic. Now, you've been with them two years, right? Yeah. Okay so where were you before
1: So <laughs> uh I started out as an intern at New Breed the summer after my sophomore year of college which right. was I think, um, 2018 Yeah and I actually just graduated college Oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> and accepted a full-time position here and everything um I actually accepted my position back in um june or august of last year love last
0: year congratulations that's so cool
1: for a while but now i'm officially a full-time adult so
0: and what and what were you you, yeah it's underrated don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) and so what what attracted you to new breeding specifically because obviously you would have had a lot of intern choices um as you were looking around i can imagine there was plenty to choose from what was the, the reason for that company um specifically what did you see from the outside if you remember
1: yeah um so in the application process I honestly didn't really know that much about new breed um, yeah because you know I was like okay it's a marketing agency and like that's pretty much all I knew um because I don't really teach you much about how like any of that works in college when you're I was a marketing major so I learned how to do marketing but I didn't really understand how like a marketing agency actually functions isn't
0: that amazing yeah it's all about getting you into a corporate kind of role yeah. isn't it yeah right
1: yeah right um and b to b to c is like the focus so I didn't really know that much about b 2 b I didn't really like know much about lead generation and so um what attracted me to the company was just the culture. It looked like a really cool place to work. It seemed like everyone really liked their jobs. And um, the people that I met when I came in the interview were great. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, like, I'll give this a try. This seems like a, a good role for me, good experience. And then from there, I just learned so much right. um, as an intern. So I was still going to school full time and I was doing 40 hours a week during the summers and then 25 to 30 hours a week during the semester for the last two years. And during that time, I was able to take on an absurd amount of responsibility. Like I was managing strategic partnerships and I spoke at inbound um, as a breakout session speaker in front of like 400 people twice. Wow. Doing all this stuff yeah. and going to industry events and like I was still a college student and like I didn't I kept it on the down low because I didn't want people to not take me seriously but now, <laughs> now that I'm graduated I I'm, I'm very vocal about it but yeah I was doing like all this stuff and I was so young and I was like this is amazing like I've learned so much in 2 years as someone who's part time as an intern like I cannot imagine where I'll be after working here full time for a year right.
0: Amazing. And, and I know this is something that you're really passionate about doing is speaking and like, you love the breakout session. You want to do more of that. You just tapped into something there that you could do. And maybe somebody else um, who's listening to this might, might, might have heard as well is if you think about your college, you could somehow organize to go back and, and do a talk on marketing what it's like to work in a marketing agency like because you've just highlighted there you knew nothing about it so you could reach out to that course and go do you know what like when I was doing the course I knew nothing about an agency let me come in and do a talk because practicing with college students practicing in universities where you have a relationship and they're like yeah hell yeah you you, you're a (laughs) graduate you did this course yeah. Now look at your career. Please come in and talk to our students. Absolutely. Uh, that's a really good angle to tap into. Plus, what does it do? Opens up the doors for new interns. Somebody who's yeah. like, mm, I was thinking about an agency, but actually it's good practice for you to actually get speaking. And it's a really good thing to do. You know, it's like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it opens the doors for lots of different things. So if you're out there in an agency and you're going, right, how am I going to get more speaking gigs? Your local university, your local college, People need to know that working in an agency is a great job as well, and and why, and and you could you could educate them on that.
1: Yeah, it's actually super funny that you mentioned that because I found out about New Breed through an alumni who came to speak at an event while I was in college. Um, there you go. Who is was our first CSM actually that we ever hired. Um, he came in to speak. I was only like. I was in the first semester of my sophomore year, I think. So I hadn't even applied or anything at that point. And he came in and spoke at a seminar and just, you know, briefly mentioned new breed and what it was like and, you there know, you being, um, a college graduate. And it was. And if you have any questions, we're always hiring interns. And um, after that, I like totally, I connected with them on LinkedIn immediately because I've like been on the the LinkedIn train for a long time. It's like my favorite social network. Yeah. And um and, you know, nothing came of it immediately. And then about six months down the road, I submitted an application to New Breed and they looked me up and they saw that they had this mutual connection with me. And they were like, Everett, how do you know this girl? And he was like, Oh, like, you know, I spoke at Champlain, which is a college we went to, um, I spoke at that thing in the fall and she was the only one who connected with me after. Wow. and from mm-hmm. there, like that made me stand out. Um, and I got an
0: interview and the rest is history. So there you go. Well, there, there's a, there's an opportunity for you to go back in. Imagine closing yeah. the circle on that, and right. <laughs> building more people. It'd be pretty cool. And yeah. uh, one thing that you mentioned there, and I'd love to learn more a little bit about I, cause I, I do know you guys have a great culture. I've just been in Austin last week. Speaking to the digital marketer partner community about culture, uh, it's such an important thing. What are the kind of things that New Breed are doing that you think other agencies could uh, could learn from?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one really good thing that we do for culture. So we do culture events, and you know we're all very close. We're a small company still, so we're lucky enough to be able to have you know different events throughout the year where everyone can get together and you know mingle and talk about things other than work um but that's not always possible for companies closer to like 200 or 300 people right yeah Um, we don't rely solely on that because obviously we want to grow um but one thing that we do to kind of strengthen our culture and our bond is um promoting cross collaboration across teams so Mm -hmm. um Basically, the internal revenue team, which is you know marketing and sales and business operations for New Breed, is always, always, always collaborating with our services team. So I mentioned how the New Breed marketing team is kind of the guinea pig for our client service delivery. So that gives us the opportunity to work with the inbound team um, and you know share all of our best practices and go through training with them and really interact with them. Yeah. And you know, this is how we do this. And this is how you can translate that for your clients. And um, usually people like internal and client facing are always very separate, but we've kind of bridged that gap to align the teams to just really strengthen everyone's relationships, because it's hard to, you know, unless you're at like a company event, it's hard to find time in the day to really connect with your coworkers and get to know people who aren't on your immediate team.
0: Incredible idea. So the CSMs could come up with it and like, hey, we were thinking about this new strategy and you can meet them and go, why don't we try it over here? Let's do a campaign for new breed. And that way they can build a relationship together. That's and learn and fail with your own yes. if it doesn't work or succeed oh, yeah. with your own if it does. Awesome. <laughs> that's really good. And really good for communication as well. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, that, that's great. Now, a more understanding and more learning that we, we talked about um, before is... Wait one of the things that you said you really had learned, especially as a woman in business is just about, you know, not saying yes to things all the time when it comes to business and, and being asked. Um, This is something I'm reading a lot about. Women tend to take a lot on their plate. We do say yes um, to, to workloads and we kind of extend and our push ourselves, but this is something I'm I'm delighted to see Amanda, you figured out quite young, (laughs) a long time, but the, the power of saying no and, and, Tell Tell us a little bit more about how that works for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just being a, a woman in a male-dominant industry is really difficult as it is. And it doesn't mm-hmm. help when, you know, you're really young and maybe your whole company is, like, more men than women. Yeah. I mean, we are definitely, like, getting more diverse, but um, for a long time, the the gender ratio was a little bit skewed, not by choice or anything, but just happened to be the demographics of the area and positions we were hiring
0: for. That's it, yeah. Um,
1: And so, yeah, learning how to, I guess, really just be yourself and say no. So, like, at the beginning of my career, I was very concerned with like being like totally professional. Like, I need to make sure that I'm taken seriously because when I was like so young, I was like, No one can know I'm a college student, like, right? Keep that hidden and you know, put on this, I guess, act where I'm like older than I am and taking myself way more seriously than I am. Like, I'm a very casual person, and um, this really kind of showed through my webinars so one thing that I love doing at new is I host these monthly webinars where I'll have usually like a guest speaker from a partner company and we'll do kind of a casual interview style um presentation on a marketing or sales topic like that and I was like scripted I was reading and I was boring and it it honestly just sucked I wasn't adding any personality or any of my like own brand into it yeah um, you could absolutely tell that I was literally reading off of a piece of paper and you know we weren't seeing super great feedback from that and so I guess it kind of all came about like after I got to speak at inbound, that was kind of like a huge game changer for me. And I guess my confidence and my personal brand. Um, I'll tell you the story. I've written about this a lot um, on my personal network and blog and all that. Um, but yeah. I applied to speak at inbound as an intern. So um, our CEO came to me and was like, "Oh, like I really would love to have everyone apply to speak at Inbound," and he kind of proposed like a few people he had off the top of his head. And because I work on the internal marketing team and all that, he was like, "Oh, like, like can you help them write their scripts and film the pitches and submit the applications?" And I like love public speaking. I've been doing the webinars for a few months at that point, and um, I was like, "Okay, like yeah, like I can definitely help out." And um, I didn't dare say that I wanted to apply because I was like, okay, I'm 20 years old. Like, I am not even old enough to (laughs) drink the bar. Like, I'm definitely not going (laughs) to apply for this and tell anyone. And so uh, I went through all the stops and um, filled out everyone's applications and helped them do their pitches and film everything and submitted. And then um, I was like, well, like, it's worth a shot. It'll be good practice for a little bit later, like, when I want to start pursuing it um in like later in my career once I'm more experienced cuz I was like there's no way I would get picked and so I took my phone and filled my application in like a closet here and submitted it without telling everyone um and then like maybe a month or two later I'm like standing at my desk and our CEO came up to me and was like oh like I got bad news like I didn't get picked did you or did you see any of the <laughs> did you see any of the responses for the applications you submitted And I was like, oh, and then I went and looked and I had gotten picked and I was like freaking out. And I was like, okay, this absolutely must be a mistake. And I kind of went through this whole like, oh my God, are they sure? What if they find out I'm a college student still? Are they going to take it back? And I like immediately went to my LinkedIn, like removed my graduation year from my LinkedIn profile. I I was terrified. I literally was like, okay, there's no way that I'm qualified for this. Um, and so I went through this like struggle with imposter syndrome and all that. I was like, right, no, like who am I? Like why am who says that I can go up and stand on a stage in front of you know four hundred professionals who have literally been working longer than I've been alive, um, like the
0: planet, right? <laughs> yeah, I was
1: like literally longer than I've been alive, and I was like freaking out. Um, and you know that was all summer. I was prepping for it, and um, and it all ended up going amazing. It was like easily the best experience of my life. My session was actually so popular that I got invited to do an encore later that week during the conference. Um, so Amazing. I got twice and it was like the best thing ever. And I'm sorry, my texts are dinging. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like the coolest thing ever. And I did great. Like right. my own heart, but I was like, yeah, like I crushed that. And, um, from there I was like, this is great and I kind of I reflected on um this story so I wrote a, a LinkedIn article that was more or less like exactly what I just explained yeah um, and talked about like my struggle with self-doubt and you know feeling like an imposter and like I wasn't qualified even though you know clearly I I was
0: um yeah yep.
1: I had all these women reaching out to me on LinkedIn that I had never even met before saying I saw your article and like you know, I really needed to hear that I'm in a similar situation and, you know, that inspired me and I want to follow your story. And I was like, literally reading my LinkedIn messages, like tearing Tearing up. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Like I was so happy that I was able to impact other women by just being honest and reflecting on my experience and just being authentic. And like, yeah, it was because, you know, like that all did happen. And, you know, I was too scared to apply, um, alongside everyone else because I thought they would, you know, scoff at me and be like, what do you think you're doing? Like, But like, yeah. Um, and so so cool. Thank you. Yeah. From there, that kind of like emboldened me and was like, oh my gosh, like, this is awesome. I want to do this all the time. Like I want to help other women who are going through similar things. And so, um, from there, I kind of, just started like owning my personal brand and starting right. it up, becoming more active on LinkedIn, like trying to secure more speaking opportunities and um, really taking the time to be vocal about what I care about. So I don't really like tiptoe around LinkedIn anymore, like I used to, I used to be like very restricted, very professional. Like I'm 21. I like to use emojis. I say right. dogs. Yes. dogs. Like, um, I am, you know, I'm more me now. Um, yeah. like if you go on my LinkedIn, you'll see my posts and I'm a pretty assertive person and I care a lot about things like diversity and inclusion and equality. And, um, I've been using my platform to really speak on those things and, it was kind of scary at first, but it feels great to be able to help other people.
0: That's so. phenomenal. And that's such a good message there because, it, you know, two things is like, number one, that's one of the things I love about Inbound. Like they're, you know, they're not looking at titles. They're looking at all oh, clearly. <laughs> this content. They're not looking for age and birth certificates. No. You know, or are you know what what your picture looks like? They are looking for the content. I think that's a really good message. Yeah. So if anyone's out there, man, woman, doesn't matter, like whatever you're listening to, you know, whoever's listening and thinking, oh, I don't know if I should apply for that. Apply first. Go for it. Apply Absolutely. for it. apply first. You know, apply for whatever it is, because what you experience there is. You know, once you do one thing and it turns into a stepping stone towards the thing that you want to do, the confidence of of doing that, because you can look back and go, but I just did that. And then when new opportunities come up, you can go, yeah. I can because I did speak to four hundred. I can speak to five hundred, you know? Yeah. Good on you. That's well done. I would have loved to have seen Patrick's face when you told
1: him <laughs> He <laughs> was very proud of me. I know
0: he's proud oh, of you, but God. it would have been great. It would have been great fun. <laughs> I would have, I'd have bought tickets for that. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Just, yeah. by the way, good on you. And that's why you hire people that are, you know, like you yeah. rock stars. You're gonna bring <laughs> thank So you. it's really cool. I love that. So we'll kind of get to wrapping up and, and thank you so much for, for everything you shared here. Yeah. A couple of things I'd just like to touch on is I'd like to uh, give some advice to um, agencies, uh, uh, people in agencies about work-life balance. Yes. Um, something that you mentioned—you, you, you, you exercise—and and this is a very common theme. I think more and more as we get onto this world, into this world, and there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of things we have to do. We can't ignore the fact that we need to sleep, eat well, and exercise. But you—you you say consistent exercise really helps you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, exercising and, um, like lifting weights and running is something that I've always been really into. Um, I also like to ride dirt bikes and, oh, cool.
0: <laughs> <yeah. Nice>.
1: um, <laughs> and, and do things like that. And so I always make sure that I have time for that. I think it's really easy to kind of glorify, like, you know, overworking in the 60 hour work week and yeah, it's really easy to feel Pressured into. I know, know, right? What you need to do to do your job well and to stand yes. out. And um, in my experience, like you don't have to do that. Like you don't have to put in an absurd amount of your life into a company to be able to produce amazing results and make a positive impact on other people. And, um, you know, it's, it's better. I'm a better person when I get to, you know, have balance and do what I like to do, but also feel like I'm contributing to my job and succeeding there and not like all my eggs are in one basket, either I'm having, you know, I'm putting everything into work or I'm putting everything into my personal life. Um, for me, like finding that balance is really, really helpful and it yeah. makes me happier and makes me want to go to work. Every exactly.
0: Day. Yeah. And we get, I think what we have to remember, we're in a creative Um, field right we actually have to come up with solutions to problems on a regular basis and some of your best ideas are going to come when you are not in the office when you're on the dirt bike when you're in the gym when you're taking a break in nature where you go you got some distance from the office or what your work and your what you're doing to allow your brain to process how am I going to fix that? How am I going to do that? Well, oh, here's a good idea. Or experiencing new things through travel, you know, which currently I'm experiencing right now. I'm away. The amount of things yes. that I've got done and solved and progression in my business that I know I wouldn't have got done at home or in the office, you know, yes. um, it's huge. And and then out there today, like you've just started. I know I do work with agency owners who um, have been owning their agency longer than you have been on the planet. Yes. But that is not going to stop me asking you this question. If you if you can imagine there's somebody your age or going into an agency or there's a new agency out there, what is, what are some of the tips that you would give them as a a new person coming into an agency or a new agency starting in this field?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, this is kind of like a really broad statement, but, um, being authentic and being, as real as possible. Yeah. No matter whether or not you're starting an agency or you're pursuing just a career in marketing or, or really anything in business. Right. We're at a day and age where being fake and just touting jargon and, and bullshit isn't cutting it anymore. No, nope. you know,
0: you're dead right.
1: Consumers are so smart. They have access to so much information. Yeah. And google anything and pretty much do it yourself at this point point. and so to try and pull the wool over people's eyes you know out of greed or whatever personal gain um people catch on to that really fast and so i would just say like let authenticity be at the core of everything that you do and everyone that you interact with, um, and making sure that you don't lose sight of that as you grow, because it, it can be easy to do so. And you know, staying humble and remembering what your values are is what's going to really set you and everyone you work with and your clients up for success.
0: Amazing! I love that. Thank you. That is fantastic uh, advice um, from from you. Very wise advice. I would like to say. <laughs> So thank you so much, Amanda. I really appreciate you taking the time out for sharing your insights, sharing what it's like and all those gems that New Breeze, you know, really successful agency has figured out. Thank you so much for this interview.
1: Hi. I'm so happy to talk to you and to share. I love talking about this stuff
0: that's incredible okay everyone i will see i um, see you on the next episode of agency life where will i be next in the world <laughs> who can tell with me right now it's it's been it's been a, an incredible few uh few days <laughs> so i'll see you all soon and take care
1: bye everyone hey.